Thanks for tuning in to the Undercuts review of the 2023 Belgian Grand Prix. Please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts as it helps us move up the charts and get to more listeners. Thanks again, and enjoy the show. By being a racing driver, you are under risk all the time. By being a racing driver means you are racing with other people. And if you no longer go for a gap that exists, you're no longer a racing driver. So we have the uh, final race before the summer break. Back to back. Last week we were in. Where were we last week? Silverstone. Uh, hungry, 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 <laughs> hungry. Last week. God, way to practice oh the God. intro, Jason. Yeah, that was bad. <laughs> last week we were in Hungary. Uh, Max is going for. I guess the record for the single season consecutive race record. Um, he broke the overall consecutive race record last week. So that's really what he is. Uh, he's going for, and he's chasing, I think Seb's record of nine races in a row. Well, he, t- he just tied while well, he was looking to tie Seb and Alberto Ascari for most consecutive wins in a row. That was his, that was where he was going to end up if he won this weekend. Right. Like Martin said last week, Nick, you weren't here, but Martin pointed out great. Like he's, he's essentially not really racing for race wins anymore. It's just for history at this point. Um, just trying to break all the records, but yeah. And, and, and I think he, he's absolutely, and I'll repeat myself from last week. I think he's absolutely focused on that, Nick. And just to get your opinion, but he is racing for history. I think he's not letting, he's not taking his foot off the gas. He's not like I've won it already. Like he, the, 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 and we can get into it with the, some of the conversations that he had with his uh, his race engineer this week as well. Like he's still on it. Like every he wants everything that's available to him at every race. He knows that if you're going to put together some sort of like historical career, every race counts. Yeah. But then also, is it is it the fact that he's chasing records like that, or is it just that he gets to a race weekend? And there are people to race against, and he has yeah. to beat them all. True, true. Yeah. I, mean, no, I mean, that's it. You show up at a weekend, whether you've won the week before, the week before that, the week before that, the week before that, for the last yeah. eight races in a row, it's it's just part of him to show up at a race weekend and just need to kick everyone's ass. Uh, I mean, that's you hear that. Well, I mean, none of us are professional athletes as much as we wish we were, and that's part of their DNA, right? You hear that all the time. It's just like. Oh yeah, so and so is like the most competitive guy I ever met. Whether it's you know in the Super Bowl or you know playing cornhole in the backyard against a three-year-old, you know they want to win <laughs> no matter what. Yeah, you just got the you know the the, the aunt who's got a, a gin and tonic in her hand, running down the garden against the kid, <laughs> shoving them in the back. Exactly. You know? <laughs> Max Max wants to win. That's all. That's all he does. And. Uh, Max- Max's yeah. aunt Karen in the backyard pushing over the kids because that's kind of how it is right now because yeah. Red Bull's car is just so much better than everyone else's um, yeah. but also Max is just in a groove that is it, it, no one is no one's close to him right now and especially I mean he had a pretty amazing race at this track last year as well i believe he started 14th on the 14th for the race and was able to to come back and win it 
So they decided this might be a good race to take a new gearbox. I don't even think they really needed one. They were just like, we can pretty much come back from anywhere on the grid here. We'll just take it and move back five places. And now we have another grid pull in our pool. Um, I mean, is there something smart to be said about that? In, in that, like maybe. Said, they didn't need to do it, but given that it's five grid spots and we can probably make that up in the race, then if he has to do an engine, that's another five grid spots we can make that up in the race rather than like, taking all the penalties in one race and going back to 20th. And yeah, it's like only Max take, can do that, though. Yeah, do yeah. you want to take penalties here versus, you know, what are the upcoming tracks? It's like, yeah. certainly, they don't want to take a penalty in Zandvoort, which is the next one, right? Because right. that's his home race. They want him to win. It's, it's, it's a tighter circuit. It's a smaller circuit. Anything can happen on those tighter circuits, right? Versus a big open track with a really good straight coming out through a rouge and out to Lake Homme. And then, and then at the end of the lap through Pujol into the bus stop, it's like he can get by anyone yeah. at multiple places in this track, take the penalty now. So that when he gets five, to Zandvoort, five, five grid it, spots is like, assuming he's on pole, like five is nothing. Right. He's in sixth. He can, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. He, he just needs Piastri to take out science and then he's in third automatically, right? <laughs> hey. Hey. It's not how I saw this. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Getting ahead of myself as I always do. <laughs> but we also got some, depending on who you're asking, some sad news from Alpine. I'm sad about this. And I didn't hear about this because. On Friday morning, I was in a foreign country and I flew all day on Friday. And I got in and Saturday morning, I, I got up and I watched qualifying, sprint qualifying, sprint race. And somehow along the line, I think I fast forwarded through a little bit of the gap between sessions that when the sprint race was on and they're talking about Otmar leaving. And this, he was like, they'd fight him over the weekend. And he was leaving on Sunday, but dragging it out through the course of the Grand Prix weekend. I'm I'm shocked, and it's I'm a I'm an yeah. Omar fan. I think he's a, such a cool guy, very gracious with with the uh, the broadcast. Always happy to speak yeah. to them, and um, I think it's kind of sad. What I mean, what where? How did it come out? Tell us how it came I out. Mean, Ro Rossi also has shifted from his role as CEO. Um, it looks like he's kind of on the way out. And then someone who's like director of racing or so something along those lines is also out after this weekend. Um, they kind of just chopped off the top three guys of the F1 team and they are starting over. I've heard Matias Bonato as one of the lead candidates to take over at Alpine. I mean, yeah, I'm cool with that just also how great that went at Ferrari. I mean, I'd well, Mattia Bonotto, I, I respect a lot. I think he's great. Just for the Gunther Matthias. Uh, oh, just for the wine. Tour, just for that. that, you know, <laughs> <laughs> um, it's yeah, it's um, yeah. I'm, I'm sad to see him go. Cause he was a year and year and a half into the role, but you know, you look at, where he came from at Aston Martin, what Mike Crack has engineered there in a year and a year and a bit, and Aston Martin came into the season as the second best team. And then you look at their main competitor from last year, which was McLaren, and McLaren were nowhere at the start of the season. And they've gone, obviously, this weekend, not wanting to give too much away, wasn't as good as the last 
two or three. But you look at Austria, Lando in Austria, when he was the only one that had the upgrades. You look at Silverstone, you look at Hungary, and the weekends that they had there, Otmar didn't get himself fired. The other teams, with the development they've done, unfortunately for Otmar, one of those teams was the team that he was at before, which clearly doesn't reflect too well on him that the team that he was in the lead of in a year and a bit was like straight up their number two team. And also how awkward he was on Drive to Survive whenever Lawrence was in the room. <laughs> uh, you you turn into a totally different guy when, when that man walked into the room. Yeah, it was so yeah. crazy. Anyway, maybe we'll see Otmar somewhere on the, in the paddock again. Um, they're they're yeah. paying him out for the rest of the year. He can't go anywhere until next year at the earliest. So Yeah, so we'll he's, see, but... yeah, put it this way, he, he's not going to be on the streets um, with a cup yeah. and a sign. He'll, he'll be fine. He's very well he'll compensated. Go with, I mean, he'll go with Searle into Formula E. I don't know if this is just me, but, you know, I mean, credit to Drive to Survive or or whatever it is, but, like, I wasn't ever so clued into the team principles as I am now, you know, beyond sort of Frank Williams in the 90s or or whomever. And now it's, like, another, like, what what seats are open, you know, who what what team principal might be on the hot seat? You know, I don't know. You know, Jean, Jean Todd, is he still there at Ferrari? You know, yeah, all right. these different guys. <laughs> um, but... You know, will Otmar be back? I don't know. What difference will that make? You know, it's uh, yeah. Yeah. people are asking these questions now. That's how deep. That's how thirsty for knowledge we all are. Yeah, in the absolute space. But it's just how competitive um, things are now. You know, yeah. especially in that middle part of the grid. I mean, you look at Williams and how far they've come up the field in the last. You sure. know, um, McLaren were nowhere. They've moved right up, and yep. you know. A lot so of times, though, was, once these guys get dropped, like that's it, like Cyril, like he, he's gone, yep. right? You know, Abitable, his name doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't come up anymore. I mean, maybe, maybe it will. He's like in he's Formula French. E. Is he? Yeah, yeah he's a I team mean, principal yeah. in Formula E. I, I guess maybe it's, it's the same as the drivers, right? You just you know ply your trade back again and hope to get hope to get noticed. I mean, that's it. It's like it's a, a, almost a poison chalice, unless yeah. you're going to be a Toto or a Christian. Um. Yeah, that's, that's it. That's that's it. Right. Here's a broken team. Make it better immediately. You've got 33 races. Go. I, mean, I think the third most tenured team principal right now is Gunther. Right, and all he's, he's doing is ex- apologizing to Gene every week. Yeah. <laughs> we look like yeah. fucking wankers, Gene. We look fucking we look wankers. Like fucking wankers. <laughs> <laughs> They are right now. But the thing, I mean, the difference is, I mean, uh, Jason, you've you started reading his book, not yet. It's not yet. That's my next my next read. Okay, yeah. I, I listened to it on audiobook, and is Gunter reading it? It's, Gunter it's, reading Gunter. Gunter reading Gunter, <laughs> and Gunter is way more fluent when he's actually off the cuff and not reading his own words in front I'm of sure. him. It's really the worst audiobook you could ever get. Um, I was going to say, it might be better just envisioning his voice it, than it, actually it hearing it. It really is, but I don't get time to read. So <laughs> yeah. I just listened to it in the car on the way to work. And so I got the Audible book, and it's Gunter. And so it makes sense. It's like, fucking hell, Gene. But you <laughs> realize how. Like, Gunter's not just a regular team principal. No. Gunter started the team. He was the guy that put everything together, engaged Gene to 
be on board to bankroll the thing, to form the team with his own name and get it done. Gunter is... I mean, Gunter's Gunter's been, I mean we can, Gunter we can talk about man. this. We've got to move forward, but Gunter... Why are we like, here talking about... What, what are you his, talking about? His, his for Gunter. Gunter. Gene, Gene is like, how come I, I'm still paying this money? Why didn't I stop paying? Like, <laughs> what sort of charisma does Gunter have? And they had a sign, right? I don't know if it was during the sprint race or qualifying. Somebody had a sign. Gunter back on the grid, the 2024 world champion or something. And then <laughs> cut to Gunter in the stat, in the in the in the garage, like laughing away. Like that was a nice little moment. That was good. You know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the, the team principles have never been so present in my mind anyway. No, every yeah. time I go through Charlotte airport, I've always got an eye out for Gunter just to make sure. It's like, well, there's a race on that now. He's not going to be around. Oh, <laughs> it's a Wednesday and there hasn't been a race for a week. And there's a week till the next one is Gunter in the airport. I don't know. Yeah. Mm. You could up, you're going to be sniffing around Lake Norman the next couple of weeks, Nick, looking for Gunter out on his I know, I know where boat. his house is. I, I, we've been by his house. I've seen it. I know where he lives. I'm not going to stalk him. I promise he's not stalking you, Gunter. Stalking rules I'm in not America, Nick. Gunter, but I do know where you live. I've seen your house. <laughs> it's a very, very nice house. Um, but I would never. I respect you too much, Gunter. Yes. Pro Gunter podcast here. Pro Gunter. Um, Love Gunter. Continue the conversation on pine-sports.com. That's P-I-N-E-sports.com and the Pine Sports Discord, which you can find linked on the website. And join us in a one-of-a-kind fantasy Formula One contest at coopsf1.com. That's C-O-O-P-S-F number one dot com, where you can put your theories to the test. Let's get into. We've got a lot going on this weekend. Um, the third sprint race week because we're seventeen minutes in and right. we've not even talked about any racing, and it's a sprint weekend where there's far more going on and actually exciting qualifying. So yeah, um, let's uh, let's try and get through this kind of quickly. So there was rain. It was planned to be there all weekend. Um, it started early. The first qualifying session was delayed 10 minutes. Um, this is the qualifying for the feature race, which is coming on Sunday. Um, but like we talked about this again last last weekend, Martin, um, it seems like so many times this season that it rains right before qualifying starts. And we keep getting these drying track qualifying sessions. Oh, where great, isn't it? Where really anybody has a chance of getting through yeah. with 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 this going on. Um, it's yeah. been it's it's been crazy. I, I I in the couple years that I've been watching, I haven't seen it where it's rained so much for for, for Saturday. I'm, I'm the same. I mean, I've been watching it a lot, obviously over the years, but it really feels like, especially in qualifying, it's raining on Saturdays a lot more around the world. Yes. Um, uh, or Fridays, in this yeah, case, right? Right. In this case, um, sure. But the the drying track really it helps. It, it puts the cat amongst the pigeons a little bit, and you yeah. and then you have people who wouldn't normally be there, but they're just on the right place at the right time on a drying track, or they're the last person. And that was the recurring thing throughout every session was that the last people across the line with a second or two seconds left to put in that last flying lap would be way up there. You, you know, it was 
the, the times are falling the yeah. whole way through. It was really exciting. I mean, you could almost not watch the first 10 minutes of any of the sessions, but the last five minutes of, of each were really, really good. Yeah, totally. And you also never, never know when it's going to start raining again. And then those earlier times might have been the times that had gone through because they have. Yeah, because the guys need to bank the lap. Yeah. Right. Um, so that made it exciting. Um, Lando almost has a pretty bad moment early on in the session. He goes off into the gravel, but he's able to keep it out of the wall. Um, luckily, and then Danny put in a great lap towards the end of Q1, but unfortunately, it got deleted, and that was deleted. That put him up to, it was like that last lap again. It was like the track was drying. It put him into sixth, I think. Yep, that's right. And then he's like, "No, sorry, dude." You're back in 19th and you're out. <clears throat> Track limits. Yeah. <sighs> Track yeah. limits violation. But Danny has gotten up to speed in this car um, really quickly. He might have gone over the line, but still, I mean, a, piece, a P6 time. Um, he is showing that, you know, maybe DeVries really wasn't yeah. out. But also, I've, I've noticed that Yuki is a lot more serious. Oh, yeah. Yuki looks way more serious behind the wheel now because he knows that he has to beat Daniel Ricardo, And if you'd have asked him when he first got the seat, if he was going to go against Daniel Ricardo, he'd have been freaking out. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, but we all love you. Real deal. Racing. We, we yeah. all see that he's legit. And I hope that he, and um, I mean, he had, he had Gasly last year. Gasly's not doing too great. Alpine. How much of that is Alpine? How much of it is him? I don't know. But um, I think Yuki at the start of the season with a weak teammate in De Vries, was, it was a, he was a little bit flattered in that his results were looked well. They looked yeah. good. And now he's got Daniel Ricciardo, who, who is a legit top 10 driver on the grid, and he's got to beat him. A lot of pressure. And now there's been some talks of, you know, maybe Yuki moving up to the next, to the big team next year. Um, so this is, this is the time, like you were saying with a real driver, uh, going up against him. But at the, uh, the, I believe it was the same moment where, um, uh, Lando almost crashed is where Ocon at turn nine, he, uh, he lost it and, and crashed into the wall. Um, he was able to bring it back, I believe. Um, but yeah. I I don't think he was able to put in another time. There just wasn't enough time yeah, left for he, him to get back out. Yeah, he broke his front wing, but yeah. the car definitely was definitely a little bit un, the cars were a little unsettled going through. It was a left hander. I think if you sort of took a little bit too much curb on the inside, it sort of bumped the car out to the right, and you overcorrect, and you know, potentially and into he, the wall you go, which definitely happened to Ocon, and I think nearly happened to Lewis. Like yeah. uh, a, a lap later, so definitely a tricky, tricky corner, and especially I think as Martin Brundle put it, there's only like one dry line when you're out yeah. there. The cars are all going the same spot. You can't get out of that. It's not like you can take different lines for the corner because it's just wet with your dry tires. So yeah, you got to be super careful. Yeah, and I think that that was right when they were switching on to the dry tires. So um, yeah, it was just like super crucial to be on that line. Um, unfortunate for Alpine after their last two race weekends, they've really wanted to, uh, at least stay out of the wall, um, keep the car on the track. Um, but unfortunately not a good, uh, second session for Ocon 
And then Max was almost knocked out of Q2. Um, he only had the 10th fastest time with two cars left to go around. It was Kevin Magnuson and Pierre Gasly, and they were not able to put in, you know, fast enough times. But um, it was uh, it was really it tight was, for was it Max to stay there. It, 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 it was, was not it was close. Yeah, it was close. I mean, I was on the edge of my seat. Come on. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it, he, he made it through. It was the it was the first opportunity, though, this weekend, right? Of on the you had the radio between Max and uh, who's it? Uh, Jean Piero Lam- Lambiassi Lambiassi G- GP, um, where they were arguing basically about Max was so pissed off about P10 and G- GP's <laughs> like, you, you made it through. What's, what's the big deal? And, and uh, because there was definitely this, because the, the lap is so long, right, at, at Belgium. And this, the yeah. sessions are just the same length, right? 10 minutes or so to put in as many laps as you can. They were having to do, you couldn't just do a hot lap, a warm-up lap, sorry, a hot lap, and then a cool-down lap and come in and, and change your tires and get reset. They were doing these either warm-up lap then two hot laps sequentially or a hot lap a recharge lap and then another hot lap that was the yep. constant discussion i think russell was having that discussion as well about how should he do it and they told max you know go hot cool down recharge the battery on this on the, the second lap and then go hot again and that's what got him through but the the sarcasm in the voice of, of gp was like yeah, yeah, I'm sure it would have worked out much better for us, Max, if we went hot, hot, the track's two seconds faster, you've got no battery. But you just tell me what you want to do in Q3, Max, whatever you want to do, tires, battery, <laughs> fuel, wing, you let us know, we'll do it. And I'm like, oh, my God, that was delicious. Like, it was like, it, it'd be like if I was long. driving and you were on my pit wall, Martin. It would have <laughs> oh. been like the passive aggression between oh. us would have just been... But nobody talks to Max wow. like that. Nobody talks to Max like that. And, yeah. and in, I mean, I don't jump ahead. Like, we know he went into Q3, but Max, Max apologized in Q3. There is a radio transmission. You can find it on the internet where he's like, sorry, forget for having a little rant, you know, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, appreciate the, 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 the position from Max, appreciate GP standing his yeah. ground, and appreciate Max actually being the bigger person and, and you know, apologizing a little bit, you know, like oh, maybe it was the right decision after all. But delicious, delicious exchange. Uh, yeah. You know, inject that, inject that into my veins, please. I'll take that. Yeah. And then um, at the end of the uh, third qualifying session, it was really looking like Max and Charles were the two that were really the best chance of of getting pole, um, at least during this session. Charles had the top time after the banker laps with Max right behind him. Charles puts in another killer lap at the end of the session, which was almost a second off uh, or faster than his first, his first fast lap. But Max came in and just put a lap in that was almost 0.9 seconds faster than that. And yeah. it, that it wasn't even close. He was so far ahead. Um, it was at the 20th pole of, of Max's career. Um, Only twenty. That seems like that almost seems low at this point. I mean, he's, I guess, ten races ago he only had ten, so now he's yeah. got twenty or something. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> he's got every single one. But if I had to guess, I'd say it was way higher than that. Is that true? All right, fair enough. But yeah, good, 
Great. I mean, great result for Charles as a Ferrari guy. We haven't had much to, oh, yeah. to cheer for Ferrari recently. Has, you guys have, you and Mark have had nothing to cheer about. Nothing. Nothing. For a long time. Put it this way Jason was like about to slit his wrists <laughs> by lap three, by race three or four of the season. Because of McLaren's poor performance. Because McLaren was freaking <laughs> terrible. And he's now fully, I mean, I can see the hat. I can see like the, there's probably McLaren <laughs> underwear involved. That's he's, Ted wearing Lasso, a Ted, he's wearing a Ted Lasso hat, but, but he's got a orange McLaren under here. Jacket you know, it matches. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, like, I, I mean, I'm a McLaren sympathizer um, and it, great. I mean, the team, come on. It's so, always, but, uh, yeah. but now Ferrari... Ferrari needs something. I mean, they need something. I don't. I don't know what. I don't know what we can get. But everybody's just trying to get second behind Max, I guess. So to be relevant, and I'll. And in my mind, pole position. You know, Max took another gearbox, cheated. You know, and quite rightly got a five grid place yeah. penalty. So pole position to Charles. You know, Charles is just, good at getting pole. Yeah, exactly. Back it to, was his twentieth pole. <laughs> well. Oh, sorry. It was his twentieth pole. Sorry, I'm yeah. getting it all backwards. Sorry, when you, I was thinking Max getting his twentieth pole. Sorry, Charles getting his twentieth pole. Oh, you're gonna have to edit all that out. <laughs> Max is at like what forty or something. Yeah, I was gonna say that's that's what I couldn't Max understand. Like that, that doesn't we seem like enough. All right, my bad, my bad. Oh. I got it all right. Yeah, Charles is twentieth. Yes, that makes sense because he got none this year and so many last year. But Nick, I mean. Jason, Jason, you know, bleeds orange when when you cut him, you know, and he was suffering through the part of the season, and now he's on the resurgence. We, we know my Ferrari allegiances. You're just a Fernando guy. I mean, which team are no, you hanging I'm, your hat on? I, I, you cut my veins. I bleed Aquafresh because there's <laughs> what? There's, there's Ferrari in there. There's a bit of blue oh, from Williams. And some, I mean, the worst I mean, kind I, of I, Formula I, One fan. I, I'm just one. a fan of racing. I'm and... just a fan of racing, you know. I You're love the melting pot of Formula One. I get it. I, yeah, I'm the it's very American of you. If like you got a t-shirt, if you got a t-shirt, if I pull out a random t-shirt, it's going to say Alonso on it, isn't it? I, mean, if I, <laughs> I, I was wearing an Alonso t-shirt yesterday yeah, when I took yeah. my little guy up to the go kart track in in Charlotte, and um, he was he was on the track this weekend. My little five year old guy, he was yeah. crushing it. Um, but yeah, I I don't have when you, Martin. I mean, I know, I oh, respect I know. you deeply for staying so devoted to Ferrari. But over the years, it's like the you know, it's the drivers, it's the teams, it's the racing, it's the eras. I I, I guess I get it. I get having it. gone through this Schumacher era when you had Damon Hill and and, and all the British drivers against him. I respect Ferrari so much for the history. And then, you know, but then Lewis is in McLaren and then he's in Mercedes and Jensen is with Williams and then Honda and everyone. It's it's weird for me. Like the more, this is a weird thing. Like as a, as a British person, like, you know, I, you cut me, I, you know, I, I, I bleed red, white, and blue, you know, in the Union Jack formation. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> stars strike, but, um, You've got some cool blood. But the more, <laughs> you know, Hamilton, Mansell, 
um, Hill, I'm like, I really, I don't know why. I just can't, I just can't get behind him. You know, Coulthard, you know, Scottish, whatever. Um, you know, Jensen Button, Jensen Button, you know, harmless, you know, world champion, you know, good for him. But yeah, I mean, why am I supporting all these German drivers driving an Italian car? Like, what's wrong with me? I don't know. I don't know. I, how that I, I've been wondering for many years. I've known yeah. you for what eighteen years. I still don't know what's wrong with you, but I still like you, it's and that's that's fine. That's just no, that's the Martin. Although Lando, Lando could change that. Lando, I think. Lando, I think, is maybe he's just come the come in the, the right way. He's putting in his. He's putting in his dues, and if he makes it to the top of the tree, I don't think anybody could be upset. Yeah, I mean, I, I just, I just remember, I just remember Lando from his karting days when he'd show up in his dad's helicopter to the race meets. What? So it's taken me a while to get behind him. Lando didn't show but, up in a in a broken down mini like. No, <laughs> he, 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 he landed in a helicopter. Oh. He was, he he came uh, in in his dad's helicopter. That's not so good now. That is. A, it, it's not, but it's but I'm coming around. I'm we coming have an around. underdog. You can't be too good when you're British. We like you to achieve stuff, but then you can't be too good because we want you to fall again. Which is why I, I, I Lewis is the man. He has yeah, right. <laughs> eighteen <laughs> jobs. Just um, made him to lose. This has turned know, into a, man. a British psychology podcast and not a yeah. Formula One podcast, but that's very true. That's very. So true. Are we on to Q three yet on Friday? <laughs> I think we <laughs> two minutes. Yeah, in. we're done with I that. Got we got Paul. I got confused. I thought Max got his twentieth poll. It wasn't. It was Charles, which makes a lot more sense. And <laughs> <laughs> Max had the fastest time by a lot, though. <laughs> But he still wasn't a bulb by a whole that was second. The almost the prancing horse was out there. <laughs> All the people. So I've been traveling oh a lot lately and telling people to listen to our podcast. Nice. I think we just lost them all. Longest podcast ever. These guys don't know what they're talking about. They have right. no idea. They all just just ranting. So now another. There's another qualifying. Yeah, yeah. So this one was also delayed for rain, though. So we have we've had now had two qualifying sessions, both delayed with rain in the beginning. Um, unfortunately for Hulkenberg, they just, I, I think that the shootout qualifying sessions are actually shorter times. Mm -hmm. Um, and they just didn't time Damn. it right. And Nico wasn't able to get by the line and, and he didn't, he didn't, especially know. on a circuit as long as this, right? I mean, I mean this, yeah. this is, this is one of the two longest circuits on the calendar here in Singapore where you're, yep. you're two minutes a lap. We said this before, like, why are they having sprints out of circuit that's so long? Like, it's it's crazy. I don't get it. I don't get it. Yeah. Austria, perfect. Brazil, perfect. They should do one at um, uh, Zandvoort. Because, again, short circuit. What's the, uh, was it Saudi Arabia, the second circuit? Or second circuit somewhere was like a less than a minute a lap or something. I mean, that one's like long, but. Yeah. But or, or just like. Yeah. The Sakir, right? When Sakir. In, in Bahrain, they Bahrain, should do. The they should do. I, I would love it if they did the Bahrain weekend and they did a sprint race on the short. That would be cool. You know, the short circuit, and then the Grand Prix on the Grand Prix circuit, or if yeah. the, on in like Silverstone where they have the international circuit and then the Grand Prix circuit, run it on the shorter circuits. Yeah, change it I up. like that idea. It'd be fun. And we'll yeah. you know, change it up a little bit for the Different weekend. So get... up everything. Yeah, yeah, I like that. That's a good idea. I, I'll, 
I'll call uh, Stefano Domenicali. Yeah, give, give I, I think that's a call. great idea that we've just come up with on our podcast. Yeah, just they've never it. thought they've not thought of that before. They the, probably haven't, but we we're have. On our way. And we're changing yeah. the world. We're changing the world. One sprint race at a time. <laughs> so the second session, Logan again spinning out on track. Um, it didn't affect anything. He was able to get it going again, but just another race week weekend with uh, Logan spinning out. Um, he's had, a, I mean, a couple good results the past few races, but he's just making these I mean, rookie mistakes, I guess. Yeah, and they're just um, keeping him out. They, they're keeping him out of the top ten. They're keeping him yeah. out of like the the next bit of qualifying. It will come. It will come together. I think he's doing a decent job. Obviously, he replaced Latifi. I think he's doing a much better lot, much better job than Nick Latifi did last year. He's competitive. He's does. He doesn't crash. He's just yeah. got to. He's just got to get the job done and and just build a bit of speed up. But he is. He, the biggest. His biggest enemy is Albon, who I've said it before. I'll say it again. Is probably the most underrated driver on the grid. He is really, really good, and he was screwed over massively by Red Bull, and yeah. um, and that's what he has to come up against. He'd much rather have someone like Stroll as a teammate, um, who res- who made the brave decision in SQ two to put on some dry tires, but they were the mediums, I think, because they had to go so to mediums. In, they had to go to mediums. In that session, right? Because I thought it was because, well, I don't think so because one, it's a shootout qualifying. Yeah, because in the shootout, it's Q, uh, SQ1 is hards, SQ2 is mediums, SQ3 is softs. So it's like, did he have to put the mediums on? Because, because they started on wet tires SQ2? or intermediate tires. Because they were on intermediate. So does that throw the whole tire thing in out that the means window? They- it does. That means they can go on to any other tire they want after that. And that's what they were saying during the thing. He could have gone on to soft tires. He could have gone to soft. To. That's what I kind yeah. of thought. I yeah. thought he could have gone on softs, which would have been a much better option. But yeah. he came out of the corner with no name, which got way more mentioned this weekend than I think it ever had mentioned before. And he, he put it into the into the barriers. And with only, what, two minutes left or so, it was red flag. two seconds. Yeah. And, and that Only was the end of the session. Yep. Um, so pretty poor from Lance. I mean, it's just been very disappointing. It's like he had that one race right when he came back from breaking his wrists, and he did First really, race really well. If you, you, you do your best race of the season when you've got two broken wrists, you <laughs> yeah. know that something's wrong. Yeah. Um, but they're not going to do anything about it because his, his dad owns a team. team. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um that's always the back stuff, isn't it? Right. Um, but like that's where Ocon crashed in the first qualifying for the feature race. Um, same exact spot. Um, and like we said, that was the end of uh the second shootout qualifying. Um, unfortunately for Williams, who was looking pretty fast um in the first session and should have probably gone through. Um, they were not able to get in a time after that, and then both the Astons, Lance and Alonzo and who's the last one? Danny was the last one not able to uh, to get out of that session. Um, so he kind of screwed over his own his own teammate there as well. Um, not good choices from them. And then for the third session for the shootout qualifying, Lewis had the fastest lap after the banker laps. 
Um, he was looking really pacey. Um, Checo had this crazy moment. I guess the other cars were were slowing down for that last lap to to just start their lap. I mean, Checo was on a on a flyer and he just flew right by like five or six cars and still put on the fastest time by almost a second, even having to dodge all those cars. Um, that was really good on him. And then Oscar took provisional pole away from, I guess Carlos had it at the time by 0.14 seconds over him. And then Max got over the line and took pole from Oscar with 0.11 seconds of a lap. 0.011 seconds. 0.011. 11 milliseconds. Yeah, the top three spots were decided by 0.025 seconds. Yeah, I mean, great result from, from Oscar. I mean, Obviously, as a as a McLaren guy, um, this weekend with the amount of rain that was forecast to come through over the course of the weekend, McLaren made that decision that they were going to have a wet weather setup. Yeah, and uh, so they were all in for rain sessions, and that played perfectly to Piastri. Piastri seems to have really great touch, really great feel, and. Uh, he had he did a really great job getting getting there and and that was you know and in in these kind of conditions you either go for a low downfall setting and I think that the the um, Mercedes duo were were really different in their philosophies on this one you had George who had much more downforce on his car than lewis yeah i don't understand why george and his side of the garage went for that because the big points are awarded on race day but then you always want to be faster down the straights because that's where you overtake people yeah so it was a little bit odd um i mean all I can say for that is they must have just been hope, you know, having one car set for the rain and one car set for the dry, and just hoping for the best. And just, just gamble. Yeah, no, yeah. I get it. But it, it seems like that. It seems like the McLarens were really geared towards wet weather setup yeah. this weekend because rain was forecast for every single day. That's right. Yeah. I mean, they were talking about canceling it before the week, weekend even started, especially what happened with the driver dying there a month ago. Um, and then obviously Hubert a few years ago. Um, yeah, but, were but I, really I think that, that was during the course of the qualifying sessions and, and even as we were just about to, to go into the sprint session, into the sprint race, um, it, it was a very, uh, you know, a very definite um, sense of conservatism yeah. around the race director and the, and the clerk of the course to um, not have, people racing with full wet tires on yeah and like rightly or wrongly um you know the last two fatalities in fia sanctioned events have been at spa yeah with danilo vanthoff this you know just a month ago and with uh antoine hubert in 2019 i guess and and especially both because they've been on Eau Rouge, which is one of the most spectacular, most incredible corners on the on the calendar. And it's like, yeah, if you, you kind of got to, you've you've got to realize that if you want to have 
that corner on the calendar, you have to realize that people are going to be running behind the safety car more. And even to the point where, yeah, if, you know, as you got into the, into the sprint race and you've got them lapping on full wets behind the safety car, you realize that that's just the price you have to pay. You lose three, four laps of racing because you want the cars to be on the full wet tire to clear as much water as you can so that when the racing does come, it's safe. Right. Yeah. And it's kind of annoying that you sit and you watch, but at the end of the day, it's like, yeah, we don't want the, tr we don't want spa to be neutered. Right. Um, we don't want spa. We don't want a rouge radion. We don't want that complex to be taken away. The price we have to pay for it is that when it's wet, we just have to watch them go behind the safety car for a couple of laps on full wet tires to um to clear the water until it's safe for everyone to get onto inters and the racing to actually start and that's what we I got did. that's what we got and i think it yeah. was the right call i think it was the right call by everyone involved yeah um i mean it i think safety wise i definitely agree with you i think it was the right call but you know just on a pure racing argument i mean i think martin martin and i were talking about this you know before before we start and maybe Martin, you want to expand on this, but it's like, what, what's the point of even having these wet tires in the first place? If they're just going to run them around the track until it's enters time again. Yeah. yeah. I, mean, I mean, I think a couple of drivers said that it's sort of problematic, like the full wets are designed to run in the amount of water that maybe the stewards aren't willing for the cars to actually run in for a safety, uh, you know, uh, concerns. So that's fine. But then there's the rule that I think they mentioned it on the on the commentary. Like if you start behind the safety car, then you have to be on full wet. What's the point of having a safety car if everybody's going to be on inters? Um, so that throws up its own own problems when you're forcing people onto a tire that's automatically going to be awful and and slower. So yeah, but they just need that to clear the water for the racing line. Yeah, is my so, view on it. And so they're, they're kind of they're they're sweeping the track. They're doing a job so there's an idea then nick that <clears throat> could they could they run the cars without the safety car with no overtaking with faster like tires bsc on? essentially i like it yeah exactly like in a, a, a like almost like a, like we are sweeping the track um i mean it's either that or in nascar or indycar they have like heaters right or they have cars with huge fans on the they have the like, jet engine on the back of it to, to, to blow the water off track. But effectively, that's what the cars are doing with all the downforce and everything, right. and the ground effects. Yeah. But have the cars running at even faster speeds, not behind the safety car, but higher speeds. Because you can see they're, they're tooling around behind the safety car. I don't know if they're really learning anything about the track as far as mm. like grip-wise. Yeah, but they're going to be at racing speed, right? And not behind I, the safety I'll, car, though. No, but if if you were to go, all right, off you go, not behind the safety car, then they're going to be at racing speed. Well, no, you, uh, yeah, but if the idea is to use the cars to 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 dry the track out to a safer, that the cars are the best way to dry the track, clearly, right? Because yeah, we've seen the dry line. So have the cars tooling around faster but in a safe manner what that is i don't know i'm just talking 
super hypothetically. Yeah. I, I read this and it didn't make, it wasn't completely crazy to me. But yeah, how you would legislate that and write it up. And yeah, it wouldn't be racing laps. It would just be like you're out there with a broom, effectively, using the cars to, to clear the track. But, I don't really think there's a right or wrong answer to this, yeah. at least not right now. Um, no, I mean, I, I think the, the, the thing is, I, I I get it that they they because the 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 worst thing to happen would be that we lose corners like Eau Rouge because in the wet in le- in lower formula and I, I don't want to disrespect the lower formula because everyone who is in F one has been through it. It's that you know incidents that have happened, and unfortunately, young guys who are on their way up the motorsport ladder have lost their lives. Um, that when it comes to the pinnacle of motorsport, to F one, if you can't have corners like Eau Rouge on the calendar, I think everybody loses. So if when we have wet conditions, they have to run a certain number of laps under controlled conditions to get the course ready to go. Fuck it. I'm all for that. It doesn't, it, it's kind of annoying at the time, but it just means that then when the guys do get racing, they're, you know, they have to negotiate corners like that. Yeah. Well, it'll be interesting to see if they change it up with the next wet race that, that comes along. Um, see if they take some things from this and change it because it does seem that they do kind of change it up a little bit each time and it, you know, maybe it is getting a little better. We'll see. Um, but before the sprint race, it kind of stopped, stopped raining. It stopped raining through the sprint qualifying session, um, and was drying up through the other, uh, disciplines that were going out on track, but it just started pouring right as the cars were coming back out to, to go on the grid. Um, so that's why we had that that session behind the the safety car. I think it was only what four or five laps behind the safety car ultimately, um, but it brought the race down to eleven laps, um, which is really short. Um, and so when it came in, oddly, Max stayed out on the wet tires, but every other first driver from each team and then Checo because Max stayed out all pitted immediately as the safety car followed the safety car in, um, onto went on the enters. Um, and that seemed to work pretty well for, for Oscar, um, yeah. early on, mm-hmm. um, Max came in on the next lap along with, along with all the other drivers, except for Ocon, I believe stayed out on wets. Um, but yeah, he, he, uh, Oscar was able to get the the undercut on him, and yeah. um, it, it was a pretty small lead by the time Max came out. It was only one and a half seconds, but still, Oscar leading his uh, first ever lap in Formula One. Pretty cool. Yeah, no, it worked out worked out very well. I mean, shades of, I mean, uh, what was the race where? Oh my God, where it, on the formation lap everybody pulled into the pits and oh, lewis lewis took the start on his own Is that hungry last year i don't know nick uh i don't know uh, might know but um but uh yeah it's uh 
it was it was shades of that where I mean maybe Verstappen just didn't know what to do, and when they saw everybody peeling in, they brought in Perez. Um, but yeah, clearly Inter's were the way to go. Uh, but maybe it didn't didn't matter that much in the end. But yeah, fair play to Oscar. A lot it of pressure hungry. on the McLaren team. Got him out. He put yeah. you know, he hooked up the tires quick. You know, found the grip. You know, Oscar's showing that. Um, you know, he deserves to be there. Like he's a rookie, but uh, he's he's found his feet pretty quick. Yeah, I mean, when you look at it, you think back to the whole Alpine. And maybe right. that's part of the whole Otmar thing, right? Yeah, definitely. They're looking at how Piastri is doing, and it's like, Otmar, you were asleep at the wheel. Here's yeah. a guy, he's really freaking good. He's, I mean, he was no, no knocking uh, Pierre Gasly, who they've obviously brought in alongside Espan Ocon. But Piastri's showing that he's legit. He was your guy. How did you, you let, let him, him go? Let him slip through your fingers, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, totally. That must have been part of the decision. Um, and I'm like, I'm honestly like fully behind Oscar now. Even maybe even more than Lando at this point. He's no, fully no, 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 Jason, come on, And Jason. I was so against Oscar after that whole thing last year with Alpine. And like, motherfucker! Like these guys got you to this spot, and they're they finished ahead of McLaren and. You know they're a legit team. They and and you just rightly or wrongly with the whole Fernando thing, you didn't see a spot there. I I was against Oscar. I I I don't know. At the start of the season, I was not really geared up for Oscar to be a guy. I I was like, I hope he like lands on his ass, <laughs> but he's doing really well. He he really is doing well, and he seems like and, such a um, nice guy he's annoyingly so he's just he looks yeah. like he's like 12 years old he's so yeah. fresh-faced and just <laughs> annoyingly young right <laughs> like and especially against lando he's who is up until oscar arrived the youngest looking guy on the grit right like yeah. lando yuki oscar they all look like i mean they could be martin's kids that's yeah. how young they are. All right, all right. <laughs> but go back and uh, see what Lando actually looked like when he his first year in F one, and he looked like Oscar does now. I yeah, mean, um, yeah, for sure. Yeah. We forget he's already been in F one. What is this? His fourth season or fifth season already in F one? He's it's only probably twenty four. Yeah, crazy. Um, but another person that benefited from the. Um, pitting first pierre is now up into p3 um and battling hard to hold checo and lewis behind him and doing a really good job i mean obviously it was the rain was there so it was keeping the drs from being activated which is a big hindrance for for red bull but still i mean an alpine holding off a red bull and a and a mercedes um for as long as he did was was pretty impressive um but he also got a little lucky as Checo was getting really close to him. Fernando oddly crashes into, was it the same wall again? Was that turn nine again where Fernando crashed as well? Yeah. It was the same spot. Um, yeah, it was, you don't usually see Fernando crashing. Especially on his own like that. Uh, yeah, on his own. 
but he just touched the curb and his back tires spun out and that was it they let go and off you go yeah i mean with the wet with the greasy track and everything else yeah not much room for not much margin for error yeah um so that brings out the uh the safety car um goes around they everyone just pit so they're and it's the sprint race so nobody's going to be coming into pit again most likely um oscar maybe jumped the gun a little bit early when the green flag uh came out um when the safety car pulled away um and max was keyed up max to get by him. Yeah. yeah and, and even like martin was martin brundle that is not martin cooper um was saying on on as the safety car was about to come in that you know given the given what the red bull has piastri should have like held everyone up like right until the bus stop yeah i mean even even like before people could peel off to the pits like right between the pit lane entry and 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 then go because that was the only real shot that he had yeah. to have that element of surprise that would mean that Max Verstappen would not get by him into Le Combe. But he went early and Max just pulled up behind him, held station through Eau Rouge and then just up the hill. Just just took him out. Easy peasy. Easy yeah. peasy. Japanese. <laughs> Uh, and then um, Yuki had a little moment. That's a great segue there, my friend. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're, we're working well here. Um, and um, uh, he spins out. I mean, he was already having a pretty, he was already pretty far back. Um, but goes to the back of the grid. Logan got a five second penalty for speeding in the pit lane. Um, nobody really noticed it when it happened because nobody's watching the Williams pit. Um, but yeah, he got a five second penalty, but he, he was doing okay at that point. Um, let's see Lewis. And this is where Lewis and Checo have their moment. Um, they touch twice, I believe down that one straight or like once right before Eau Rouge and then once up on that long straight as Lewis was trying to get by. Um, and then Lewis immediately kind of slowed down maybe with a little bit of damage. Um, it didn't look like it was, you know, too much contact live, but um, the stewards felt differently. I, I, I disagree with the stewards. That I, that was a racing incident. I kind of felt that way too. Done. Yeah, I mean, they they were just going for the same bit of track, and it was, yeah. I I I actually felt aggrieved at this one, and it's not just because Lewis is British and and he's obviously one of the greatest that's ever been and that Checo is kind of is in a Red Bull and so we instantly hate him although I do respect him a lot and I think he's you know his his prior career before Red Bull and his first career his first year in Red Bull were, were awesome but I don't know it, it this was a total 100% racing incident I don't yeah. even understand how anyone could have come out and said that, like, oh, we need to give Lewis a penalty for that. Yeah, yeah. I, it, I feel like they've. I, I don't get it, and, and I more. respect. And you know what? 
whether it's Lewis has just come to expect this of the stewards, but if if I was him, I'd be really pissed off to have had yeah. that. But I mean, he seems to, at least over the past few years, have that like everyone against me mentality. So it kind yeah, of just like, like that, fits that, okay, into that's his... just going to happen. That's just yeah. going to happen, and I'm going to have to deal with it. But it shouldn't be that way. No. And I mean, maybe it was because maybe in the Grand Prix things he'd have been a little bit more emotional and and just like stand up against it a bit more. Maybe it was just because it was the sprint and it was not, you know, yeah, didn't carry the same weight. But I felt that that was a really harsh decision. Yeah. Really harsh decision, especially with the race shortened. Only 11 yeah. laps, like five seconds is going to be crucial, especially there was a safety car during the 11 lap race. So it's just like yeah. everyone's going to be bunched up. So it's going to be a huge penalty. Um, Yeah, that was brutal. Um, And they weren't even talking about it. Like there was even a thought of there being a penalty from the commentators. They, they didn't they, they were done with it after it was over. Um, Down the next lap, Lewis was able to finally get by Checo fairly easily down um, the first, the pit straight, or what do you call it, the bus stop, um, down that straight. Um, Around turn one, I think he went around the outside, right? Um, And that's where you're able to get that nice... That nice exit down that uh that second TRS line. This is where we found out the stewards had put in a note for the contact. A couple laps later, we hear, "Oh, first Checo retires from the race." So there there was some damage that he got to it. I mean, they did kind of touch like wheel to side body, so maybe he got some some damage to the side pod there. Um, but that's when we heard that Lewis got the the five second penalty for that. Um, Martin Brundle was not happy. Just like you said, um, he felt the same way. And then the last real uh, excitement from the race was George kind of getting by Danny right at the end, taking points away from Danny. Um, He was so close to getting that one point, but alas, George took it. And that was the sprint race. Max wins again. Max wins again, yeah. I guess best finish for Oscar in his career, although not a, a Grand Prix, but still P2 in his rookie season. That's pretty, pretty impressive. And, and Pierre in, in P3 with his boss, you know, ready to walk out the door the next day, you know? Yeah. Look too little, too late, obviously, uh, clearly. I kind of felt that as soon as I saw Pierre, just like you, you mentioned in that P3 spot, I was like, Otmar has to feel some sort of way about this. Yeah. I mean, they I mean, they have had a lot of bad luck recently. It isn't all on yeah. the drivers that they had those DNFs in the last two races. I mean, a lot of that last week last week was two drivers crashing into each other that made them crash <laughs> into each other. So, well, after being yeah punted from behind, yeah, yeah, almost, but yeah, but that's as much bad luck as Alpine had. You know, Max has probably had good luck, right? Because yeah. you don't just win all these races in a row without something going right for you. So that's Absolutely. just doesn't always shake out fairly, unfortunately. But, yeah. Uh, at least, at least, uh, if uh, hopefully Otmar sees uh, P three in the sprint race for the positive result that it is, you know, for yeah. his work and not and not a, a bitter taste in his mouth, but. Probably not right now, but not right, maybe yeah, down maybe the line. Over the, over the full, fullness of time. Then we get to Sunday, the feature race. Um, like we said, Charles is on pole. Checo, P2, and Lewis rounding out the 
uh, and Carlos rounding out the the front two rows. Um, the top six started on the the soft tires. Most of the drivers started on the soft tires, but Alonzo, Lando, yeah. Yuki, Lance, George, and they were all they were like the back half of the top ten, and then Nico a little bit farther down started on mediums. It's kind of nice when we see guys starting up at the front and having different strategies. I like when that when that happens. We know it's going to be some exciting strategy decisions. Yeah, and especially because the it was a dry track for the race. Yeah. So, certainly for the start of the race, don't want to give too much away. There've been no dry running the whole weekend. That's right. There've been rain involved, so no one really had any kind of clue really about what the best strategy was. I mean, Pirelli recommended it's like yes, on the softs, and then you can go medium soft or medium medium, or if you're lucky, you can kind of switch onto the hard and see how it goes. It was no one had any real reliable running to make a legit really yeah. confident call on what the best strategy was for the race, which made it super interesting in theory in the run in, if we knew then what we knew now, um, right. it was, but yeah, I mean, it was like the, the logical call was for everyone to start on the softs because it's like just everyone just got to get off the line and figure it out see how the deg is. Yeah, totally. Um, and I thought about it later after the race, and I was thinking, you know, maybe those guys that started on the mediums, as I'm looking at it now, too, like those are the ones that geared their cars more towards the wet races. So maybe they were just going, hopefully we can make this a one stop and see if it's possible. Yeah, because, yeah, th that's right. Because you had guys who had like more downforce because yeah, like George the map rain that was coming through, because you want to run long if you're sacrificing straight line speed right because you're going to get picked off on the straight you'll be able to keep up through everyone with everyone on the corners but you're going to lose positions on the straight yeah. so how do you make up for the fact that you could be losing positions you go on a one stopper so yeah um, i mean legit you know that's how the strategy guys call it right but we had charles was it had a great jump off the line was able to keep that that first spot from Checo, which was great. Um, unfortunately, I'm sure Mart, uh, Martin and I disagree on this, <laughs> but there was contact between Oscar and Carlos into turn one, um, which kind of ruined both of their races, essentially. Yeah. Um, Carlo, or Oscar was on the in yeah. Go ahead, go ahead. I mean, yeah, you're right. Oscar was on the inside of La Source. I mean, La Source obviously a super tight, very slow hairpin corner. Uh, <clears throat> Oscar coming up the inside of Carlos, who who locked up his front left, uh, front I mean, right. Front no, front right was it? Okay, front but, right. Yeah, science science locked up his front right. Front cause... right with Hamilton on his outside. So I think he was more focused on staying away from Hamilton. Yep. turned in, you know, Piastri saw a gap in front of him between the wall and the Ferrari, but as the Ferrari turned in to not hit Hamilton, this is how I saw it, you know, the just there wasn't enough space. These are very big cars, wide cars, and... Um, Should have just crashed into Lewis. <laughs> I mean, that, that was the other option, right? <laughs> Maybe there was a lot more space to his outside, and, you know, I don't know what the visibility is and what he knew about Piastri being there or not. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Piastri got got squeezed into the wall. His front wing got completely mangled, um, and then that front wing took a gouge out of the side pod of the Ferrari. 
Um, and yeah, so I was- I have a take here that I think you'll both agree with, and ultimately the one to blame is Checo Perez in the red. Always. <laughs> <laughs> the only because, way that could have been better is if you said it was Max's fault somehow. Yeah, right. <laughs> I, I tried, but I could only get Checo. And because Checo did exactly the same thing that he did last year. He cut right across. He did. He cut, he cut right across the grid and he, he took everyone with him to the left side of the grid. Yeah. And sites went over, everyone went there. And there was um, a lot more space. And, and Oscar Piastri. Yeah just saw this gulf of space in front of him and he and he just assumed that that space would be there the whole time yeah and of course this is f1 it's not he was far too tight to the right he should he saw this space and thought that was his to go into and it was all going to be good but of course mac um science had lewis to his left and so he went to take that space in the braking zone, like 60 meters out from the hairpin, cut across, and he was turning ever so slightly, which meant that he unloaded his right front, and that's what caused it to to lock up. Right, because he was that already point, moving to the right. Yeah, so he was he, loading he was, his left tire. He was yeah. already moving to the right, and he was already understeering. Yeah. Yeah. And so he had to cut across because he'd got Lewis on the outside of him. What Oscar, in hindsight, will probably look at and go, he should have moved over far more to the left and be more aggressive against Carlos Sainz to stop Carlos coming across. Yeah. And because you've seen out of, I mean, every time someone has taken the tight line in, on the opening lap into the first corner at La Source in the Belgian Grand Prix, if you're tight in there, you're always going to be the one that comes off the worst, whether it's yeah. Roman Grosjean skipping across various cars or whatever. It's like on the opening lap, on the first corner of the race in Belgium, you do not want to be the guy that's the tightest line into 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 one. And Oscar should have... There was a ton of space for him to go into. He should have been much more aggressive and moved over left to be closer to science and stopping him making that move to start with. Yeah, yeah, you're probably right. I mean, that all happens in 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 a couple of seconds. You know, yeah. they're all acting on instinct. So, and he's 22. It's fine. You know, right, yeah, you do? it was uh, it was his own race. It was own race that he ruined, and and Carlos. Yeah. Unfortunately, but um, he probably won't make that same mistake there again. I imagine. No, because he seems like he's the guy that only makes a mistake once. Yeah, he'll never make the same mistake again. Because I'm, I'm growing in my respect for Oscar Piastri. Yes, let's go. But Charles was not able to hold on to P1 for very long. Unfortunately, Checo was able to use that straight line speed even without DRS yet, and was able to get by Charles and into P1. Um, and then Max, by the end of the lap, was already past Carlos, who had some damage, albeit, but um, up into P4 um, at the end of the first lap. So the Red Bulls are moving up quickly. Oscar pit 
to change the front wing and try to come back out, but he wasn't even able to get all the way around again um, and had to pull over and retire from the race. I guess he was able to get somewhere where it didn't cause too much havoc and uh, no safety car had to come out and they were able to get it going again pretty quickly. Fernando was able to get the medium tires working really fast. Um, He was already passing Carlos again, um, but like like we said, he had damage and he was up into P5 making four places and four laps. So um, really impressive on on Fernando. And then Albon was moving up the field too. He made some really, really great moves. Yeah, and especially in that first phase, I was like, wow. I mean, where did he start? Like 15th, 16th? Yeah, yeah, and, something like and that. And he was up like into 8th or so at one point. I was like, wow. Because I was, I mean... Lab 4, 4 laps. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I was wholly expecting the Williams to be a rocket ship on this course. And it was... But it felt it. But it seemed like as the race went on, they just didn't have the tires. They made the wrong tire choices, switching choices. I think they pit too early. Was was it was it a strategy call? Because yeah, at one point I was really like looking early. at I was looking at a, 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 like six laps into the race. I was watching, going, "Holy shit, Albon! I mean, maybe he's not getting a podium, but he's he's like good for like sixth spot here." And then I don't know what happened. It just it just it went away. I mean, I'm like I said, I, I've said on this podcast within the last hour, I'm a huge fan of Alex Albon. I thought he was well in. I, I thought after four to six laps, the slippery Williams on the straights and the high speed, I thought this was going to be a circuit that was really going to work to them. But it just didn't work out like that. Yuki was having a great race, though, too. He was really impressing me today. He started on the medium tires too. I, he started in P11, right? I think um, in his yeah. normal finishing spot, <laughs> but he, he was able to, he was up into P7 already by lap, by lap five. Lando's dropping he, back. He, he yeah, took four guys, I think on the first, like before yeah, a Rouge, I think he lap. took, yeah. yeah, he took, he took that line that Oscar kind of wanted, like on the inside of La Source, but without getting squeezed. And then other other guys who had to lift a little bit going down to Eau Rouge, Yuki was able to sneak by them as well. So yeah, yeah. yeah. But the guy, the guy that lost massively on the run down to Eau Rouge was George Russell. Yeah, right. It, it, it just the after the contact, uh, Piastri was moving off to the left, and you'd got like um, in in just in front of him, you got uh, Max Verstappen, and then you'd got. Um, Oscar Piastri, George was tucked up behind both of those guys and, and Max got through, but the way that Piastri was going across meant that um, George had to back out the throttle. And if you see the in-car from George's cut from George Russell on the run down from the source down to the bottom of the hill as you're about to go through a rouge, I mean, wow, that like three, at least three guys flew past him on the right side you wouldn't believe the speed differential just because george had to back out because of the a, the way that oscar piastri was moving off to the left fraction of, a fraction of a he, he lost a, on that run down from la source down to a rouge george russell i think lost three maybe four spots no um it, it was you, you look it up it was it was 
actually pretty scary the the rate at which people were going by because if george had tried to jink to the right to get around him he'd have been taken out with at least three or four other cars yeah but george recognized that he couldn't do anything he was just stuck behind a car that was clearly ailing and was pulling off to the side to let everyone by but he was just the wrong guy in the wrong place at the wrong time um and then another guy who had a lap like that lando on lap five i mean he he dropped like four or five places on one lap i don't remember exactly what happened to him there but um he was down to p11 already after starting p7 i think so um really not good from him but he was just like george they were set up for a wet race and just it just was not working for him at all yeah it was kind of amusing though i I watched a little bit of the after you know the uh, the post-race show and the interviewer was going like so you had some sort of steering issue in the first few laps (laughs) and he's like uh nope (laughs) (laughs) what what kind of issue do i have i I don't know it it was just a a really kind of amusing thing like the the tv cameras like what the tv crews saw him going backwards and were trying to read too much into it like there was some sort of issue and one of the radio broadcasts mentioned something about steering settings or other and so the media just made this big thing about lando having steering issues and lando's like no, I didn't. We we just had a wet setup, and in the dry, yeah. we were just sitting ducks. It was kind of amusing. Yeah, definitely. And then Max, obviously, with DRS, makes it look easy. Gets by Lando at the end of the the long straight after Eau Rouge, and uh, he is up into podium positions already. Williams is still looking crazy strong at this point. Logan makes a great pass on the ailing Carlos, and he's up into the points positions now. Then, like I said, they started pitting really early. I mean, Carlos had damage, but Albon pit on lap eight off of softs onto medium, so they fall to P15 and P18, respectively. Um, And Albon was just really not able to really move back up after that. That's kind of what seemed seemed to happen there. Um, They both passed... Lando, Albon, and Alcon right out of coming out of the pits. He's still moving backwards, and this is where we start hearing maybe there's some rain coming in the next 15 or 20 minutes, but we don't hear anything yet. At the end of the next lap, Max and Checo are now 1-2. Checo ahead, Max gets by Charles fairly easily there, Um, and we are back to a Red Bull 1-2. We haven't had one of those in a while with all of uh, Checo's qualifying woes, so we haven't seen that. Yuki had another great move on the outside of of Albon. Um, After that, the long straight, that that, kind of chicane there, um, he went along the outside and really, really held it on and was able to get by Albon. That was really great. Yuki was really strong today. And then we finally are getting some of the leaders to pit. Lewis pits from P4. He doesn't lose any places. Um, Lance is right behind him, but Lance was uh, struggling, so he wasn't really able to do anything. And then Checo pit from the lead, and he lost a place to Max. And then you hear on the radio, I don't know if you guys heard this, but Max was arguing with his engineer again about what strategy he was doing versus what Checo's strategy was and where he should pit. And then his engineer saying, Max, don't worry about what Checo's doing. Just listen yeah. to what I have to say and stop arguing with me. Essentially, <laughs> they were like a, an um, old married couple this week. Yeah, seriously. 
And maybe they're like that all the time, but they don't release those broadcasts. I don't know. Maybe. But it was just it was just amusing. I'm reading on online after the race that some people that like listen to the onboards like through the whole race, so like comparing it to recent uh, recent races, say that GP like used this this phrase to like you know keep Max you know on point a lot more this race than he has before. So much so that maybe it was a bit of an in joke between them, and we're all uh. reading into it and they're controlling the narrative a bit more. I don't know. I'm getting delving into conspiracy theories here, but. You know, um, if anybody would do that, though, it would be either them or Mercedes. It could be. The I thing mean, is, they're just they, so much faster. They can do whatever they're just, they want. They're just having banter at this <laughs> yeah. point. It's like it this, could be you know, when you know Max was at this point in the race, came up behind Checo, and then it's like instantly on demand was two seconds lap faster than Checo. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah. it was like he, he got past Charles. It's like, all right, now is okay. I mean, Checo lost a couple of seconds at the pit stop, right? But and then, but Max was like, all right. As soon as the only person in front of him was Checo, was like, all right, I I know the capabilities of the car. I'm in the lead of this, and race. I know <laughs> that um that this is where Checo is, and I know where I am, and I'm just like busting out two seconds a lap on you. Yeah. So Max, I mean, Max was able to pit on the next lap anyway. So Checo was able to get the first one because he was in the lead. And then Max pit on lap 15 and then lap 17, Max gets by him. And he is in the lead of the race, just 17 laps in from starting P6. My estimate with him starting P6, I figured that he'd be up into P4 by the end of lap one, which he was. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but then I figured that it would take him from P4 to P1. I figured it would take him seven laps. So, yeah. So I, I had him in the lead by lap eight, but I was surprised at how long he was stuck behind Lewis, actually. Yeah, um, Lewis had, was driving great defensively. Yeah, yeah, he was. And it kept him behind for like three, four laps longer than I thought, which I thought was going to bode well from, from the, the, the progress of the race. But, yeah, I mean, it's it, so, it, you know, I figured... It was probably going to be like eight, lap eight, lap nine. But of course, with Checo being in the lead, I knew that they'd probably engineer it a little bit more right. and drag it out and they'd, and they'd use each other to gap the field a little bit more. Use so, each other? Uh, yeah. So if you, Max as, use Checo? Yeah. Well, just to play the team game when they were in yeah. one, two, just to then, once they were in one, two, because if Charles had been in the lead, then it would have, I think Max would have come through a lot quicker. But yeah, the yeah. fact that Perez was in the front was that then they there was no real urgency to try and get by and that that Checo could get out the front and just kind of bring out the lead and then just drag it through and, and then the pressure was kind of off and uh, and Max could spend the next three or four laps getting to the lead of the race with two-thirds of the race left to go. Um, and then a couple laps later, it starts raining a bit. It pours for like a good lap, but um, it's not enough to really lay anything down. Yeah. There was one picture on the TV of the Red Bull pit, and you could see I it was, was actually just really say that. properly yep. raining. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it, no, it, was, it was on the pit lane. Yeah, it said intensity two to three, and so it was like wow, because people it was right in a bit where like Lando had just come into pit and and. 
a few others were kind of pitting around about then and it was are they in the wrong place pitting at this point or was it that the rain wasn't going to be heavy enough and if you pit now and you get the 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 soft tires on you're actually in good shape it was a really really exciting phase of the race yeah totally and there was just a lot of great passing like you were saying i mean yuki made a great move on on pierre um another one going around the outside that was yuki's move today it seemed like just holding it down around the outside yeah um, and I mean, there, there were six there were overtakes in places that you will that you very rarely see overtakes yeah. because the, there were the guys who had the confidence whether that was just because they pitted for a new set of tires a little bit earlier had a bit more grip a bit more confidence but like you know lando albon people going around the outside of folks the the one person the one driver that stands out in my mind now um having seen you know just in the background and just thinking about it all the one guy that really struggled to understand where the grip was in this phase of the race was logan Sargent. it felt like he was getting picked off on the outside quite a lot and he was and up pretty high at this point too yeah he was and it was it was Lando around him or can't, I, I yep. can't remember. He was in like P eight, P eight or P nine, something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. And it was just that he just just didn't have the confidence and just didn't have the feel in the car to know that he was positioned wrong and that there were people going around him. And you know, we we obviously American driver, we we love a bit of Logan on the pod. We wanted to do well. And he's a good driver, but it just at, in that phase of the race, it just felt like he was the one driver that was just a little bit lacking in in his feel and his yeah. and and how he controlled the car. But there were some really fantastic outside maneuvers and some really great overtakes in places that you would never really see them on a dry track. Yeah, like, so all, over, like all over the passing. Passing. Oh, it yeah. was fantastic. It was great. It was great. Yeah. Yeah, I, I yeah, I'm totally with you there. Um, and then on the next lap, Carlos went a lot longer than um, you know, with the damage that they said that he had, he went a lot longer than a lot longer than I would have expected. But on lap 25, Carlos retires from the race, um, and then we start getting all the leaders getting their second stops. I don't think any of them really lost or gained any positions. Lewis was pretty close to undercutting Charles. Um, but he just got held up by Fernando a little bit. He passed Fernando right as Charles was coming out of the pits and was and just, you know, it just took up too much time and he, he wasn't able to make that move on Charles. Uh, Max pit from the lead and then Checo pit on the next stop. And then a few laps later, we hear Max say over the radio that I could push some more. And we can do another stop and have some pit stop training. Uh, um, <laughs> but this, this was the height of the uh, the banter between uh, Verstappen and, and GP. Yeah. Where, like GP's like, um, you were you were way too aggressive on the app. <laughs> I don't think that was a great idea. Meanwhile, he he just like used that couple of laps to build like four seconds over Checker, and he's like. Eh. You know what? I, the the tires feel fine. I'll I'll just keep rocking it, and then if we need to pit again, it's a free stop, and you can just practice. Right. <laughs> it's like just a little more practice. 
I mean, it, it just it, it really just shows how together the Red Bull unit is. It, their car is just so much better. And in Max's hands, it's like he just goes out and runs the race that he wants. And yeah. it, no one else really matters. It doesn't matter where yeah. he starts. doesn't matter at what phase of the race it is or what's left to come. Yeah. Max goes into every race knowing he's going to win it. And and he does. <laughs> he does. He does. Yeah. yeah. It's I mean it it's a yeah. it's a phase of dominance that we've never really seen before. I mean we talk about Lewis in 2014 through 2000 and I want to say 21 but he didn't win Minus in 2016. Yeah. Um I I was more I was more focused on twenty one, which yeah. Anyway, let's not talk about that. No. And then you have um, Schumacher before him, and that period of dominance. And then you know, but this is unlike anything we've seen before. Yeah, it's just relentless dominance. Like the, yeah. the, like the Red Bull have the best car. And Max is just the most aggressive, dominant in, in his mindset something... right now. He's, he's undefeated. He's undefeated. But you'd think yeah. something unlucky would happen in the meantime, like right, you know, something just untoward, unpredictable. It, it, and in and in prior generations of Formula One, that always happened because there was always that yeah. intrinsic re- unreliability because things yeah. were attuned so finely that anything that went off would like you be out of the race, but. Yeah. You know, the cost focus of Formula One in this era means that it's all about reliability. And so they build performance and reliability. In prior generations, Max would have come unstuck because, the you know, just like the beginning of last season, fuel pumps would go. But that Red Bull car, that Red Bull car is bulletproof. And all it year. needs is Max Verstappen to just be Max Verstappen and just kick everyone's ass. Yeah, but... Lewis was able to ruin his perfect weekend. This was my favorite moment of the whole race <laughs> when he came in on the second to last lap to put on the soft tires and take the fastest lap from him. Yeah, he did. And, and oh, I, no, and no, I was no, sorry. At medium, at tires, medium tires. Medium tires. Medium tires. Yeah. Which was weird. Which was really weird. But he was well, able I, to do it. That's all, he, that's all he had that was fresh. I guess. That was fresh, yeah. right. Um, and, and fresh is important. But yeah. Because I, you know, the four or five laps before that, you know, they were talking about whether was he going to do it. He'd got the gap to do it, not not realizing he's going to put mediums on. Um, but you know, Fernando was behind him, and it's like twenty five, twenty six. Is that enough? I mean, yes, it is because it's a twenty one and twenty one second, twenty to twenty one second pit stop. But you never want to like gamble on that. You you know, right. you want to make sure that they actually get the wheels on properly and all of that. Um, but it was, yeah, it was, it was a, it felt like a mind, I, like a mind fuck it, thing that it, they it were totally was. to do. It totally was. It's yeah. like, how can we mess up Red Bull? Because yeah, it was, you know, with a few laps, you know, good chunk of laps left. It was like Lewis, because Ferrari, are one of those, Ferrari is one of the two teams really who can't get their tires under control or at the start of the season, couldn't get their tires under control. So they qualify really great. They'd have great one lap pace, but over the course of a, a Grand Prix distance, they'd fall back. 
it feels like Ferrari have really got that under control. It feels like that's been the focus of their efforts yeah. because they know they've got a quick car. They don't need to make it that much quicker because they're only like 0.2 of a second off Red Bull. They just need to build into their car the ability to keep the tires alive because yeah. they just burn them out and they'd be fucked. Um, and that's how it's been the last two years. But it, it really feels like that they've gotten it together. And Mercedes were kind of sitting there behind, like three seconds behind, waiting for the Ferraris to burn out their tires and then just pick up that last podium spot. But it didn't happen. And then they realized that it was not going to happen um, like three, four laps, maybe for like five, six laps from the end. And because they were saying, keep your tires and have a go at him, keep your tires, have a go at him. And then his tires didn't last to be able to have a go at him. And it was that point. It's like, they looked back and they said, there's room behind let's just go and just steal that point from Red Bull. Just because that's the middle finger going into the winter break. It's like, yeah, yeah. you didn't have the perfect weekend. We messed up your perfect weekend. And that's all you can and do. To we've got, really. <laughs> yeah. And we've got budget now at this phase of the season when you've spent all your money, we might actually be able to do a little bit of something. Yeah. And hopefully, you know, we'll ha hopefully at the end of the season, like Brazil, like we had last year, maybe there'll be something to be had. Who knows? Someone can do something crazy in qualifying in Singapore and maybe just stay ahead. We'll see. But regardless, Max wins his eighth straight Grand Prix. And I guess if you count the two sprints since then, he has won 10 straight races. Um, pretty <laughs> crazy from him. Yeah. Um, finally, another one-two from Red Bull. I can't remember when the last one was. It's been a while. I, I did. I, I don't know exactly when the last one was, but I did hear Christian Horner say they've won 20 out of the last 21 races. Jesus. I guess that one is brazil last year that's wild yeah. yeah russell yeah yep that's nuts um so winners on the day i mean max red bull you can even put checo up there this time yeah i mean he, he Just, did what he needed to yeah he did what he, he needed did, to he did the number and, uh, two job at red bull yeah Charles did a did a solid job obviously he he was on pole he would have liked to have finished higher, but really the way that Red Bulls are, I mean, third yeah. is a I'll very, very respectable result for the Ferrari. Totally. Who knows totally. what Sainz could have done if he could have stayed on the track, right? I don't know. I mean, yeah. Yeah, maybe, I, mean, I got my rose-tinted glasses on. But on my, yeah, I mean, he could have been on the fourth or fifth. Yeah. Definitely, definitely. Sure. Yeah. Um, I mean, Oscar, at least on Saturday the best day of his young career so far. Um, super impressive. Yuki was amazing picking up that. I mean, he only got one point in the end, but Yuki oh, is he's super under, impressive. He's under pressure with, with Danny, right? So he needs to at least beat him and to get a point into the, <clears throat> into the mix as well. has got to be good. But right? you know, so, yeah. you look at the last phase of the race and you've got Gasly there battling with him. And I, I don't quite, I don't recall exactly what the, the final running order was, like 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13. It was super close. It was super close. I think that, um, you know, Lando, to say that the troubles he had, I think he finished seventh in the end, right? Yep. He went um, from seventh to 19th to seventh. To seventh. I mean, it, that was uh, in, in the car setup that he had in that wet phase of the race. He was like just picking people off. 
Um, and it, you know, you kind of think it was just a really bad strategy, like um, strategy call, um, but just like a setup call, not necessarily a strategy, but there was a call to to be fully geared up for wet, which was great if it had been wet, but it was a bit of a gamble. There was little compromise involved, and obviously Piastri with that setup came in second in the sprint which was a great great result but it's not about the sprint it's about the grand prix it, it, it just felt like there was a little bit too much compromise and a little bit too much for this for the amount of progress that they've made over the last few weeks they should have been more aggressive in going for the the strengths that they've shown in the last couple of races when you look at where how they were in silverstone how they were through the high speed corners that is spa all over and how they could make a decision to be so conservative in the rain setup that they would sacrifice their greatest strength, which is the primary characteristic of this entire circuit. The, the one opportunity, this was their opportunity to really, really get up there. And they, they, they chickened out looking at the weather forecast, in my opinion. I guess if it had rained, it they would have looked the heroes, you know. But, They're um, like, like fucking geniuses, not yeah, fucking yeah. workers, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> oh god! Um, and I then love you, Gunter. I mean, yes. Haas had, Haas had, had, had a pretty abysmal weekend. Yeah, it just seems that you know that they've they have great vision and they build a car, but they just don't have the budget to to see the development race through no uh, which is a real shame yeah another disappointment we talked about it i mean williams looked fast even early on in the race um but those last pit stops put them in the back and they just weren't able to uh, pass anybody at that point yeah and they, 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 they went for three stops there. and and they should have been they were they maybe they were maybe too aggressive right yeah. they they had the speed and um the three-stop strategy killed them. I think. I yeah. think that they could have been way further up the field on a two-stopper because, especially, you know, there was a lot of. Uh, they fell victim to the high deg at the start of the race. Yeah. But it felt like that the the track kind of rubbed in, and so at the end of the race, you know, like Lando, he went long on his second. He his second stop was about half race distance, and yep. and yet he kept those tires alive and on they went i think that williams saw the deg at the start of the race and didn't realize that the track was going to come to the tires and they pitted they lost 20 seconds on the road because they pitted when probably they didn't really need to and they could have finished a lot further up the field than they than they did in the end um which is a shame the longest stint of, of anybody was was Norris on the softs. I think it was 20... <laughs> yeah. 24 laps, I think. 20, yeah. 20, on 27, soft tires. 27 laps. 27. 27. Yeah, he pitted on lap 17 and then ran wow. the softs. After going medium hard, <laughs> mediums for five laps, then hard for 12 laps, he did softs for 27. That, that so, just does not upside, compute. All upside down. <laughs> no. Yeah, he was the only guy to run hards at any point during the race norris nobody else even tried and that was his shortest stint uh not no no five laps on no the medium. the medium was his shortest yeah, stint. the 12, first lap. 12 laps on the hard yeah yeah 
But yeah, nobody yeah. else even and went close. That's true that Red Bull broke. Another trophy of theirs broke. I didn't realize yeah, so that. They, no. so, really? Yeah, so we had, yeah, <laughs> at the end of Hungary, right, Lando smashed his uh, champagne bottle, which di- uh, disrupted the trophy and smashed uh, Max's, tro- <laughs> Max's first place trophy. At the picture at the end, they had all three trophies lined up. Uh, you know, Perez and Max's first and second place trophy, plus the constructors' oh, trophy. Oh, the champagne. And then as they did this champagne spray, this is at the team photo. This isn't on yeah, the podium. Yeah. This okay. is the team photo. And then they're all sh- trying to spray champagne and Christian Horner and a bunch of people run away to get away from the champagne they being sprayed. And they knock yeah. over the constructor's trophy. <laughs> they don't they have care. Enough. They have they enough. don't care. It's probably worth more. It's like uh, Banksy, you know, when they sh- when his, when his <laughs> yeah, exactly. got shredded. You know, oh no, I don't want the one that's. I want the one that Max broke. Yeah, I want the one that was. It's like uh, that the the Patriots. They have all those Super Bowl trophies, but one of them Gronk spiked it and put a dent in it, and that's like the most valuable trophy that they have because it has a dent from Gronk in it. Exactly. Yeah, it's got it's got it's got history. It's got provenance. Yeah, it's got it's got a cool story behind it. Yeah, everyone will always remember that one because they all look so, the same, just that one has a dent in it. I just had the idea that maybe there should be a Greek Grand Prix, Grand Prix and everybody smashes all their trophies. At the end, at the yeah. End. yeah like... <laughs> <laughs> Opa! Everybody Opa! <laughs> Dude, that's awesome. Oh, that's great. <laughs> I think that should happen. Um, and then begrudgingly, Martin, you want to quickly talk about coops <laughs> oh coops f1 this week yeah so i i didn't i i, I was on a plane i didn't do my picks so i have no uh, idea it right. works it works out, well for me when you don't <laughs> a shout out to my non-formula one supporting friend ryan who lives down the street but he did because he's a friend of mine put in some picks a long time ago i guess but you know he got the second highest score this week with 200 no way awesome. yeah uh, Dan swims with 305 points uh, with the top scores. Um, and then, yeah, overall standings. Uh, yeah, you lost your top spot, Jason, to uh, Cappy61, but only held nine it, points held in it. it for so a week. Super tight. But shout out to Prediction Consensus. So shout <laughs> out to everybody in Coops F1, I guess. But slowly making his way up the board. Uh, is this bot that I created that takes everybody's picks and like tries to work out the average set, but standing at sixth overall now? <laughs> uh, <laughs> prediction consensus. So ga- you know, gamblers beware that the the information's right on the home page. Like it's not even hidden. You can see yeah. it before the race even starts. So um, you know, that's that's where you got to go to get the uh, inside info. But you got insider trading one hundred and one. Yeah, three hundred plus people. <laughs> Putting in their predictions, and somehow, you know, only a handful can actually can actually beat it. Uh, Nick, you you went up two spots to fourteenth. I dropped way down. I still had I had faith in the McLarens. This See, week. the one time you should have picked the Ferraris. Yeah, and you the McLarens. <laughs> yeah. No, don't <laughs> rub it in. That's, I had that's the Ferraris so mean. down in in seven. Super mean. Science wouldn't have worked for you. The, the, the McLarens up up on the podium and. I think it I had Wando out. and Oscar P two and three for this race. That's exactly what I had. Yeah, exactly what I had. I didn't. 
got me five points. <laughs> yeah. Still yeah, a long way to go, but a month a month until the next race. It, um, yeah, long time. But so uh, till the the Ned Lance yeah. on August twenty seventh. He has to give up the corner. I had to bounce ahead. What is wrong with these people? Thanks for listening to the Undercuts review of the twenty twenty three Belgian Grand Prix. Please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, and we'd love to hear from you, so follow us on Twitter at the Undercut number two. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.